Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Glad you're here. As always, and uh, Alex could not be with me today, but I have a special interview today with a guest, Christina Kraus, who lives... Christina, where do you live? On the You live in the Baltimore area, didn't you, or used to? Or? East Coast, yep. Delaware. Oh, Delaware. Okay, that's right. And uh, Delaware? Just kidding. Bad joke. Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, never that. heard that before. No, you haven't. <laughs> so uh, I've known Christina for years. Um, from the Life in Eric group, we've been in the same mastermind. Um, well, you've been in that thing since it started, weren't you, Christina? Yeah, yep. And uh, you've done a lot. We're going to be talking today about probate investing, investing in probates. And Christina, you've done a lot of deals in the probate arena, and you have an amazing service where um, you will actually get probate leads for people and help them with their letters. And uh, I'm excited about this. I've seen the results that you have uh, had with other people. And I've been hearing yeah. people talk about what you guys are doing. And I've, I just said, listen, I want to get Christina on a podcast. Let's talk about this stuff. And even if somebody doesn't want to use your services, um, you, you can. there's still a lot that we're going to be talking about probate investing here that I want to encourage people to pay attention to because some of the best, biggest deals that you'll ever do are probates. Um, so, Christina, welcome to the show. Glad you're here. Thank you. Yeah, good, good to be here. And where are you from again? Delaware? What part of Delaware? Delaware. Uh, I live kind of in the middle of the state uh, okay. in Kent County uh, in Delaware, but I do work through, uh, believe it or not, uh, and for those of you who are familiar with counties, if you if you're, have any experience in probate, then um, you're very familiar with counties, but most states have lots and lots and lots of counties, and Delaware has three counties total. Oh, <laughs> so wow. that should give you some idea of uh, kind of how tiny that we are. But I do work all three, uh, and it, it, it actually gives me the opportunity, no matter what type of investing that I'm doing, to work the entire state versus a section of the state because it's not very big. Nice. And you've been doing yeah. probate investing for a long time. Well, first of all, uh, Talk about your experience in real estate. You've done a ton of deals, haven't you? Yeah. Uh, I actually got started investing in real estate all the way back in 1999 um, and have probably done just about every kind of deal that you could possibly imagine. Um, I started out in rentals, uh, buy and hold, and I still love doing that, still own uh, rentals and manage those rentals. Um, but I would say probably about two years uh, into purchasing properties to buy and hold, uh, we also began to what you would say, what you would call flipping or wholesaling. Um, not a whole lot of wholesaling in the beginning, um, mostly just buying, uh, rehabbing, and selling. Uh, and have used every method that you can imagine. Uh, I, I, I think you'd be really hard pressed to name a method. Uh, that I haven't done in some form or fashion throughout the years, um, which is what brought me to probates. Um, because there was a time um, not that long ago, probably five, six years ago, uh, that we were spending eight to $10,000 a month 
on marketing. I mean, we were, you know, doing five, six deals at a time. Yeah. Uh, and that's not counting anything that we wholesaled. Uh, and really kind of uh, honed in on probates and realized how profitable probates were versus some of the other methods that we were employing uh, to the point that that is the only thing that I do anymore. I do absolutely nothing else. I've, de- I've decided that probates uh, are my niche, and that's kind of where I stay. Nice. And uh, about how many in, in Delaware and the three counties that you're targeting, about how many probate leads do you get a month? Uh, I would say I mail probably about 250 pieces a month. Okay. Uh, from that you can pretty much expect, I mean, I generally get a two to 3% response on that. Um, but it, you know, I I have a lot of clients, uh, and you can pretty much, it's, it's like almost any other, um, mail marketing that you do. Right. So you can pretty much guarantee that you're going to get about a 1% response rate. I tend to find that mine is higher. Um, but we have a really specific way of mailing these uh, probate leads, which is what I think uh, accounts for, you know, kind of a higher um, a higher response rate. Yeah, so you, I like that because you're you're going deep into one niche, one targeted segment, and uh, yes, probates they tend to be the bigger deals. Is that right? Why is that? Absolutely. Why, why do why do why are probates um, such good deals to go after? Well, it kind of makes sense, right? Because when you when you think about probates, uh, and and let's stack it up against some of the other you know popular methods, which are you know tax delinquents or foreclosures, uh, with probate deals, uh, and if if people don't know what probates are, probates are you're essentially marketing to someone who has passed away, uh, and who has indicated uh, through this uh, court system that they have a significant amount of asset that needs to be settled. So when you're marketing to these probate leads, you're not guaranteed uh, that there is real estate involved, but because of the dollar amount that each county requires, the threshold that they require to be hit in order for an estate to be opened, more often than not, it involves real estate um, because you know most of the time people don't own forty-two thousand dollars worth of jewelry or sixty thousand dollars worth of you know fur coats, if you will. Um, so you know you can pretty much. Um, guarantee that there's some kind of significant asset to settle. It's more than likely going to be real estate. The reason why these deals tend to be more lucrative than others is because it's a completely different scenario. So when you're talking about somebody who's delinquent, let's say, on their mortgage, and so you're marketing to them, in, in almost every situation, and those of you who've done this know that, you kind of have to pick through to find your gems. Um, because most of the time, the, the, the situation is such that uh, people are over leveraged or they're um, b- uh, backed up into a corner because of the time frame, dealing with some factors that have a huge role in how profitable that deal is going to be to you. With probates, you know, more often than not, you're dealing with somebody who is older that has passed away and has left their home to an heir. Yeah. Um, the heir has no interest in the home usually, and if they if they do, then obviously they're just not in the market to sell it. Um, but more often than not, there's either very little debt or no debt on the house. Uh, so probate deals tend to be more lucrative. And and in my experience, in talking to you know experienced investors, I pretty much get that from every investor that their probate deals tend to be the most lucrative deals they have. That's because 
more often than not, there's just a lot more equity involved yeah. in those types of deals than there are in some of the other methods, short and, sales. And, and a and lot whatnot. of deferred maintenance too, right? And these are properties that usually need a lot of work, which means you can get a bigger discount Absolutely. on them. Well, and, and here's the thing. Your probate houses, because I get this question a lot, probate houses are going to look very similar to other homes. Um, you know, if, if someone passes away and their house is in, you know, spectacular shape, um, you know, the family knows that. The family knows that they can list the home and get top dollar for it. So your probate deals are really going to look, physically look like any of the other deals that you do, most of the other We Buy Homes. And when you get that super easy deal, it's just as uncommon in probates as it is in any other, in any other you know, uh, scenario. Um, so they're pretty much going to look the same. It's just that the situation for the seller is a little bit different than in some of the other cases. Right. And, um, oh, I just lost my earphones. <laughs> Hold on a second here. I have one of those stand-up desks, and I was trying to adjust my desk <laughs> while talking. I've always and... wondered if I would like those. I've never been <laughs> sure, like, if I would like the stand-up desk. Well, they're they're good. Um, I was just lowering it, though, so I could sit down. I have a walking treadmill. <laughs> it doesn't do any good if you lower it to sit down. <laughs> oh, no, I know. You're supposed to be standing. I know, but um, the I have a walking treadmill underneath it, and uh, I'm just a little tired. So I wanted to sit down and uh, so I could concentrate more and not be thinking about my tired legs. <laughs> so I was uh, – anyway, all right. So um, probate leads. It's somebody who passes away. There's a, a property in the estate most of the time, and uh, you send them letters, and your letters – basically are asking them if they have a house to sell, right? Yep. Um, so when we send our letters, we actually send a total of four letters per lead. Um, the first letter is obviously going to be your longest letter. It's going to be explaining who you are and what you do. And yes, we instantly address the fact that we are contacting them regarding the estate of so-and-so. Okay. Okay? Okay. And what we do is we acknowledge the fact that someone has passed away, um, and we, you know, say something to the effect of, um, you know, if there is, if there's a home to be sold, our company can help. Um, you know, so you might speak a little bit about your company. If you're not a super experienced investor, you could just leave it at that. You know, this is something that we do. So if you have a home that needs to be sold, we can help. And here's how we do that. Here's what we do. We can close quickly. We can, um, you know, buy the home in as is condition. You can take what you want and leave everything else. Yeah. Your follow-up and subsequent letters, um, I've found it to be most effective to wait six weeks in between each of those letters. Now, I, uh, I, I know people who wait longer and who, who do it shorter, but what we have found is any less than that, and you get a pretty big uptick in your um, angry phone calls, okay. like, hey, I, we got it, we got your first letter. The six-week mark seems to be the sweet spot where you're going to send progressively uh, smaller letters, right? So the, your second letter is just kind of like, hey, um, you know, just wanted to let you know that we had sent a letter out a little bit back. Um, you know, if you have a home that needs to be sold, we're here. And your third and fourth letters are going to be real kind of short, just, hey, just wanted to follow up with you to see if there's anything that I can do for you. I'm pretty sure now that I think about it, because I, I have somebody else mail my letters, I use a service to mail my letters, but my fourth letter even uh, says this is going to be the last letter that we'll send. How frequently do you send the third and fourth letters? So the first ones, you wait six weeks. After the yep. 
And then six weeks later, we send the third. And six weeks later, we send ah, the fourth. Okay. So yeah. It's... All right. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And just so that you know, um, historically, my third letter tends to be my most profitable letter. Letter. It's not the letter where I get the most phone calls. It tends to be my most profitable letter. Uh, and it goes to show you, I mean, the probate process sometimes can be lengthy. Yeah. Um, you know, so everybody wants to jump in really quickly when it comes to probates. They want to be the first to get the letter out there. Uh, and I don't think that's necessarily the best tactic. Um, because remember, in probate, probate is opened because of the county requirements. Um, and the family has to do a certain amount of advertising um, that there are assets. Uh, and there's time that needs to pass. If there's anything that needs to be resolved in front of a judge, there has to be time for all of that to happen. Um, so the truth of the matter is if you mail the letters or your marketing too quickly, the truth of the matter is the family's not even in a position, even if they did sign the contract with yeah. you, they're not even legally able to sign the contract. Yeah. So I'm not saying it can't be effective and there's not ever a situation where you'll get a deal that way. Uh, but I find that waiting um, even, you know, by the time you send your third letter, sometimes you're, you know, four or five, six months into the probate process, but it's effective because that it's, it's at that point that the family is released to be able to actually sell the home. Interesting. So, but the consistency is important too, isn't it? I mean, you shouldn't just, it does what you're just saying doesn't mean you should wait eight weeks before you send your start sending letters, but you should send them as soon as you can, but that's the consistency that matters. Absolutely. And I think that that's true of any marketing method. Um, one of the things that I tell my students, there's, there's two things that set investors apart and are going to make the difference between you and everyone else. Number one, of course, is answering your phone. Um, and number two is setting systems in place that make you as methodical as you can possibly be, methodical and consistent with your marketing. Um, so you put that thing on autopilot and you make sure that you know, those letters go out like clockwork. Your new letters go out, your second, third, fourth letter, letters go out, you know, to the point where you've got the system going um, and you can pretty much guarantee your success with any kind of marketing, right? Um, with Regardless of whether you're, you know, mailing absentee owners or whoever it is that yeah. you're mailing, you've got to be consistent with what you're doing and you've got to weather those, um, the, the things that all of us go through, even experienced investors where, you know, that doubt creeps in, you haven't gotten a call, you haven't gotten a deal, you got to push through that stuff because it's coming, but you have to be consistent. Very good. Very good. All right. So in lead, probates are important list to mail to. It's important you do it consistently. Talk a little bit about how do you find these probate leads? And I know it's different for each county, yep. um, but talk a little bit about some of the basics that's involved with that. Okay. So there's really two ways uh, to obtain, well, I suppose there's three ways to obtain probate lists. Um, the first way, if, you're, if it's available in your county, and more often than not, it is not available this way in your county, but there are some instances where you can actually get, gather the information that you need online. Um, the way that you determine whether or not your county uh, has this service available um, is a simple Google search. Um, and you can just search, uh, you know, Kent County, Delaware, probate cases online, or something to that effect. Okay. Uh, anything will get you where you need to go. Um, that link is going to take you either to the county's main website, 
Or if they have a dedicated website to probate, you know, you might see words like register of wills, profanitary. At the end of the day, you can pretty much see, um, you know, even if even if it's at the county's main website, if you go to courthouses or you you know you you search around a little bit, you will find the probate section of that uh, system. Now, just because, and in terms of finding out whether or not they offer the records online, you're going to look for very specific words like online search, um, online records, things like that. Now, just because that exists doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have the information that you need in order to mail these leads. All you can do is go in and look. So you're going to start looking around. Um, if you have questions, you can call the clerk and the clerk can help you navigate it if it's extra complicated. But more often than not, your average investor can just go in and determine whether or not the information that you need is online. Now, you're searching specifically for probates. Um, and because probates aren't only estates, you have to be careful. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of counties have codes and every single county handles this differently. So not one website is going to look exactly the same. Not one. Okay. Um, so you need to make sure that you find the estates because probates could, could be name changes, guardianship issues. You find the estates. The critical pieces of information that you need is you need the named representative of the case. That is the person who is in charge of that particular probate case. More often than not, that's the primary heir of the estate. Once that estate gets settled, the primary heir is the named representative. Every once in a while, it's called an executor or an executrix, but most of the time, that's when an attorney uh, is handling the uh, distribution of the case. You need the named representative, and you need their mailing address. This is not the address of the home that needs to be sold. You need the address of the named representative because that's the person you're mailing. Okay. So you're mailing the named representative at their physical address, and you're saying, I am sending this letter regarding the estate of John Doe. Okay. So if you can gather that information, it's normally a manual process, but you can do it. You could go in once a, once a month and you can find that information. I would say 75 to 80% of the time, there are either no online records available. You'd be shocked at how many counties don't offer that, um, or they don't give you the information, the specific, uh, specific information that you're looking for. So, your other option is you can go into the courthouse because all of this information is public record in every, in every state or county. So you can go, physically go into the courthouse and you can get the courthouse information from that same website that you went to to see if they have online records. You can go into the courthouse and you can ask the clerk, you know, where the probate section would be. Okay. Um, yeah. What's interesting about that is that, again, every courthouse and county is, has their own way of doing things. There are literally counties that still keep it manually, like in a big red Western looking book, you know, yeah. the kind that you blow and the dust blows up and you're, you know, physically flipping through the pages. There are some courthouses that still use microfiche. They still put them the on line, the microfiche. Yes. Wow. I know that. And there's probably, you probably have listeners who have no idea even what that is. It's such an old way of doing things, but 
Um, there are some courthouses that only allow you to see a certain number of records at a time, and you have to manually request them from the clerk. You won't know until you get to your courthouse, yeah. until you physically go into your courthouse. Could be easy, could be more difficult. Some courthouses don't let you bring a laptop in or any kind of electronic device, so you have to manually write it out. But the bottom line is you can get all the information that you need always by walking into the courthouse and gathering that information. You're going to want to do that once a month because those are your new leads for the month. Obviously, of course, the other thing that you could do is you can pay somebody to handle that for you. Um, But it's important to note that this is something you can do uh, yourself. Uh, And what I love about probate is that I find them to be some of the obviously more difficult uh, leads to gather, uh, more cumbersome leads to gather, uh, or if you're paying somebody, expensive leads to gather. But um, the the amount of riffraff competition uh, that, that that eliminates that that difficulty eliminates, I can't even begin to tell you. Yeah, so the uh, harder yeah, the list, all, the harder the list is, the the better and more profitable that list is probably going to be. Of course. Yeah, but a lot less competition. And to me, I, speci- I call it riffraff competition, but that's the competition that I really want to eliminate because those are the guys that steal the deals that are never going to be around. They're not going to last a year but they're overpaying for properties and it doesn't matter how they steal the property from you. Um, you know, it's gone. The opportunity is gone. They've offered too much. They're probably going to go under on it, but you know, the opportunity has still been wasted. Nice. Nice. So that might be intimidating to some people, isn't it? I mean, going to the courthouse and asking them like, how can I get the records of dead people? (laughs) But, um, you just, I guess you got to do it. Right. Absolutely. I mean, the truth of the matter, you know, I guess the question is always how bad do you want it, right? Yeah. Um, and for me, you know, once you have your system in place um, and, and it's, it's taking that first phone call, it's going to the courthouse that one time. Um, and yes, uh, nothing is hard. Nothing about this is hard um, unless it's in your head, right? So yeah, yeah. yes, I understand that initially having a conversation with somebody who whose loved one passed away can seem intimidating. Um, the truth of the matter is I love that. I love that there's every investor that goes, Oh, I don't want to do that. I'm like, okay, great. I'm, I'm glad. I'm very happy. Very (laughs) happy that you're intimidated by that. One less pissed person to worry about. Exactly. Um, I know, I know some guys here in my market and some of the other markets that I'm in that, um, they almost exclusively, well, not exclusively, but, that is their first and most favorite list is the probates. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the, I know the, the guys that are doing a lot of deals in my markets, they're doing a lot of probate marketing. Now, you might think, yeah. oh, well, if their big guys are doing it, then um, there's no room left for me. But that's not exactly true. There is still a lot of room for other investors. And the key to it is consistency. And one thing I do know about some of these guys is they are not sending the marketing out consistently over and over again. Um, and a lot of the quote unquote competition that you think is out there, you know, they're not answering the phones. They're not following up. So you can still, and that's huge. yeah, I, I wish I could tell you, and I'm including experienced investors in this category. I'll throw myself in that category because I'll tell you right now, um, like, especially after you've done this for a while. Um, and if you've got a deal going on 
and you're, you know, you're in the middle of something and that phone is ringing and you're like, you know what, I'm not going to get it this time. Um, it's the person who does answer the phone that's going to get the deal. Okay. Um, that's why I said the number one way you can set your apart, your, yourself apart is answering the phone. Yep. There's always going to be the instance when you happen to be the only one who answered the phone and you're going to get that deal. Um, the, and again, the other thing is consistency. A lot of people know what to do, but actually physically doing that day in and day out, that's where all of us fail, right? Almost, almost all of us know exactly what we should be doing and where we fail is not being super consistent with doing it. Yep. Yeah, you're absolutely right. All right. So, um, Got to get out there, go to the courthouse. Another reason why you need to go to the courthouse and talk to them is because a lot of times these court records, they use these weird codes, right? Yep. And uh, you got to know what these codes mean or what does this type of case mean? What does that mean? Talk a little bit about that, kind of understanding yep. the, the dictionary of terms. Yeah, so each county is going to have their own code. So I wish I could say, here's the list of codes. Here's exactly how you get around that. But because each county does their own thing... At the end of the day, the only way that you're really going to figure this out is to go in one time, the first time, uh, and, you know, and figure all of that information out. Because, again, probates are almost never only estates. Uh, it's one of the reasons why there are some companies that you can buy a probate list from um, that is not that, – that you can get relatively inexpensively, but that aren't effective because they're not separating – out the proper um, scenarios, right? And or they're not mailing, they're just randomly grabbing an address and randomly grabbing a name instead of taking the time to find out, is this the named representative? Is it an attorney? Is it a family member? Is it an heir? Uh, and do I have the right address? So yes, it's gonna take a little bit of time the first time that you go in to decipher your particular county yeah. um, to figure out which codes mean guardianship issues, which codes mean name changes by marriage, which codes actually are estates. But once you get that code and you get that case number, you know, what you have to, obviously what you still have to do is to go in every single month to gather that information, but it's going to be a whole lot easier, you know, the more and more often that you go. Honestly, the hardest thing that you're going to run into is just making sure that that is a priority for you and actually physically going and, and getting it. Yeah. You know, that's my livelihood. Um, yeah. So for me, um, I'm a single mom. I have two kids. That's how I put food on the table. If you want to know the honest truth, um, the method that I use is getting somebody else to get the information for me because yeah. I know how to do it. I, I would say I'm an expert at gathering that information, but I also know left in my hands left to my own self to do it, I would not do that every single month. I can just guarantee you that I would somehow find a way, you know, there's emergencies, there's yeah. life that happens. And to, you know, know that I'm going to go into that courthouse at the same time every single day. And then I'm going to hand address all those envelopes for me and the kind of person I am. I have to put things in place uh, that hold me accountable to that process as experienced as an investor, as I am, what I know is that I, I need to create a system that I'm accountable to yeah. to make sure that it gets done. Which, is, which brings us to what you do. Um, you've been doing probates your, uh, for yourself for a long time. It's, Recently, um, you started a company or you bought a company from another lady? 
um, but you own this company now. You own this company that will actually go out and get probate leads for investors in their markets. Is that right? That's right. So, you know, I recognized when I, I was having someone else do, do this for me because I recognized pretty quickly that this was an incredibly lucrative marketing method, but one that I was not going to be accountable to and consistent at doing. So I actually hired uh, a company uh, to get, to go uh, in my in my particular situation, I have to physically go. In most cases, I have to physically go into the courthouse to get the information that I need in order to market. Um, so I uh, hired somebody to to you know physically send someone into those areas. Um, because of the network of investors that I work in, um, and my discussions with them about what I was doing, they you know said, "Oh, can you get her to do my county?" Um, so she built up quite uh, a customer base, even just from my own network of people who knew how um, how amazing you know probates were, but knew that they wouldn't do it themselves. Um, ultimately, I bought that company, uh, mm-hmm. and the reason why I did that, she was not a real estate investor, um, you know. So I was having to work with her a lot. Um, the beauty of me owning the company is that I know what I'm doing and I know exactly what I'm looking for, and I'm looking at it through the eyes of an actual active investor. So uh, I know exactly what investors need, uh, not only from the lead standpoint, like, okay, this is a good lead. This is what we want. Um, But what I also do, I give my clients uh, the actual letter that I spent years creating, uh, you know, tweaking and, and, and whatnot. But I give my customers the letters that I use as a starting point. Uh, They can alter them or they can use them exactly as they're written. Um, my company also manages the campaign nice. for the investor. So nice. rather than you having to remember, all right, I need to send the third letter out for the first mailing that I did. Plus I need to send the second letter for my second mailing. What the way that I do it is I actually merge all the information for you into your letters. Um, I send you an email, uh, at the time that a week before your letters are supposed to go out, you get an email sticking the paper in the printer and printing out the letter. You're not even figuring out how to merge the list into your letter. Nice. All that's done for you. All you're doing is printing out the letter, stuffing the envelope, addressing it in whatever way you choose to do that and sticking it in the mail. I've actually taken that one step further at the request of my clients. Um, And I have teamed up with uh, a company that will literally handwrite, not handwrite font, handwrite the envelopes, stamp them, send them out to where the vast majority of my clients use this service um, and never touch their campaign at all. It's totally done for them. The only thing that they're doing is answering the phone when the phone rings. That's all they have to focus on. And that's where you make your money, right? You don't make your money addressing envelopes. You make your money answering the phone. Or worrying about remembering to do that. Because um, I know yeah. when I was getting started, I, I discovered this early on, and I heard gurus talking about it. Like, if I don't get the marketing done for me, it's just not going to get done. And so I yep. immediately hired a virtual assistant to start doing the marketing for me. And so I've always operated in the, under the philosophy of marketing done for me in spite of me. In spite of yourself, you've got to get that marketing going out because life gets in the way. You get distracted. Well, you know, I'll do the probates. I'll pull the leads next week. Or I'll pull them yep. next week after that. Or, man, i got to go all the way down the courthouse. 
So just so I'm clear though, Christina, you guys will get the probate leads whether they're online or whether you actually, you hire somebody to go to the courthouse for them. Is that right? Correct. So we've got people all over the country. And when I say all over, I mean all over. Yeah. Um, that uh, are either gathering the information, if it's able to be obtained online, obviously it's less expensive. But more often than not, we are physically sending warm bodies into the courthouse to gather the leads for you. Uh, and then filtering those leads. So every single lead as an investor that you get through my company has literally been touched by a hand, yeah. like physically touched by a hand. It's not just churning out information. We're looking at it. We're making sure that it's exactly, it, if you get a lead, it's a lead I would market it to. It's not just, you know, a flip way of throwing information at you. Good. This is good, solid information that you're getting. Excellent. And um, all 50 states? All 50 states. Now, uh, obviously, because each courthouse works differently, and sometimes the courthouses are so tiny that it's completely ineffective. Uh, Just, It's so expensive to get somebody to physically go to that courthouse to gather five leads for you. It can always be done, always. There's never a scenario under which we, you know, like physically can't do it. Um, but depending on which county it is and whether or not we have someone close to that county, uh, you know, it might take us some time to find and hire someone for you because we're actually hiring somebody on your behalf to go and get this information for you. Um, or if it's just not worth their time, they'll give you a price. But in, to be honest with you, I have said to clients before, listen, you know, it's going to end up being 30 bucks a lead, you know, or something like that. I don't personally think it's worthwhile for you to pay that. Yeah. Uh, but I'll, I'll tell you the truth, but then let you make the final decision. Good. Do you have an approximate range you mind sharing of what leads might typically cost? Yeah, absolutely. Um, on the low end, your lead is going to be about four fifty a lead. Uh, on the high end, it normally runs um, right about six seventy five. Tends to be the average when it went, and that's a lead that someone someone physically has to go in and gather for you. Um, The price is a little bit higher if you want exclusivity. Um, With my particular company, we sell to a maximum of two investors per county. So once I hit two clients in each county, the county is locked out and it's it's done. Uh, I have a good number of investors who want exclusivity. uh, And then that would increase your lead cost, I think, by a couple bucks in order to just say, I am the only investor working with Postal Impact in this particular county. And I do have people that that's important to. Um, Good. So you're not, again, it's not just a scraper. It's just not just some software that's pulling this data. You actually have physical eyeballs and and virtual hands or physical hands that touch these things yep. and, uh, and, and look at them. So these are high quality leads. Not everyone is guaranteed yep. to be a deal, obviously, right? But these are better quality because they're... Yeah, I, I think this is an invaluable service. It's really important. If anybody's listening to this and is serious about growing your probate marketing business, I was just remembering we did a podcast recently back in, oh, what was it? I forget. I could look it up. But just back in the spring of this year um, with a guy named Rick talking about probates. And uh, this is a guy who's done hundreds of deals. And his most profitable deals are probates. We talked a lot about probates. And uh, he talked about this going to the courthouse. You got to do it. You got to just figure it out. 
bite the bullet and go. Um, but he did not talk about a service that can do it for you. And this is a very, very unique system that Christina has people in all 50 states that can go to the courthouses and get this information for you. And you can be exclusive if you want. Um, you also wrote a book on this too, right, Christina? And talk a little bit about what's in that book. I'm going to give you guys a link yeah. to get that book in just a minute. Um, it's a free book. Talk a little bit about it. Yep. Um, and I'll just say it's it's free for your listeners. Um, because oh, that's I wanted right. to do something guys. Yep. I um, forgot to however, mention it. It's a... <laughs> listen, guys, listen. Yeah, no. Don't don't tell anybody else. <laughs> don't tell anybody else because uh, Christina has sold this book before. For like yes. what, a hundred dollars or something? Yep, ninety-seven dollars. Oh, um, so, okay. <laughs> the, so listen, it it it's a book that I do give to my clients, and it was written for my clients, for my actual postal impact clients. So I really wrote the book for them um, because you know I was answering a lot of questions, um, you know, even once they got started. And the book goes into detail about. Um, uh, I mean, it, you know, I mean, it's it's not super in-depth about marketing in general. You're not going to, you know, learn how to flip a house in that book, but it walks through the entire probate process in detail. Uh, it gives some suggestions for how to handle the marketing calls. It goes through how to gather the leads for yourself. Um, but this is a book that I wrote for my clients to help them as they were marketing to these probate leads. Um, it is free for uh, your listeners uh, and I think that you're going to tell them how to get that. But yeah. it goes into a lot more uh, depth than we have time to go to here. For those that are m maybe a little bit intimidated about how to do this, how to market to them, what's the best way to do this. And frankly, I mean, the reason why it's awesome for your listeners is I'm, this book definitely shows you how to do this all by yourself. Um, so yeah. if that's the route that you decide to go, um, everything that you need in order to be able to effectively market to probate leads is all contained here in this book. Uh, and, and then if you decide to use a service like mine or you decide to hire somebody else to gather the leads for you, there's still a lot of really valuable information on there. Uh, I get a lot of questions like, how do I handle the phone calls to these particular people? Um, you know, what's the best way to close the deal? Uh, and the book does go into some detail about that, to, you know, just to help give you a little bit of the confidence that you need to to move forward with this particular marketing method. Nice. Well, it's very generous of you to let you, let us uh, g let me give the book for free to our listeners. I'm going to give you guys a website right now. You can get that. Go to realestateinvestingmastery.com/probates, singular or plural. I'll point them both to the book. So you'll just go to realestateinvestingmastery.com/probates, and you'll get a link to get the book. And uh, you also, if you want some more information on Christina and her services, just go to postalimpact.com, P-O-S-T-A-L, impact, I-M-P-A-C-T, postalimpact.com. Um, I've known Christina for a long time. She's the real deal. She does a lot of deals. And she's got an amazing service. Um, You've got clients right now, Christina, don't you? Talk a little bit about some of the success your clients have had using this. Yeah, so... Um, let me first say, because I think that this is um, interesting, uh, I do zero advertising. Like I don't do any marketing or advertising for my leads because this entire company was kind of born out of um, the success stories of the people that were using it. So it started out with a 
small group of investors who would use this service, mostly experienced investors, people that I knew. Uh, and it was working so well that the reason why it became a bigger company, if you will, is that uh, a lot of the people that were using the service said, Christina, you know, can I offer this to my students? A lot of them had coaching students or what have you. Can I offer this to my students? Um, so the only real way uh, that the business has grown is by word of mouth, uh, doing, you know, either speaking on probates or um, uh, being referred uh, to by people who are in the real estate industry. Um, and the success of the people that are using it is is the only thing up until this point that I've ever, I've ever needed. I've never had to, you know, go out and uh, do any ads or, you know, Google AdWords or anything like that. So, the people who are using the course, in particular, the people that are automating it as much as possible, mm-hmm. um, are experiencing, you know, incredible success. Uh, and this works for flipping, for wholesaling. It doesn't matter, you know, which genre that you're in. I'm, I'm a flipper at heart. I love the rehab. Um, but to this day, I wholesale my deals that are either in an area that I don't want to be in, uh, or actually, I, I wholesale the deals that are too tight. Um, so I have clients who are on both ends of the spectrum. It works for both of them. Um, I have some clients who on their first letter get a deal. I was just talking to uh, a client of mine who uh, did a wholesale deal. Within two days, he turned around and flipped the deal and it was an $11,000 wholesale for him. Um, he, by his own admission, probably could have made a little bit more uh, if he had taken a little bit more time, but it was a super quick flip. Um, but it's not unusual for rehabbers, like if you're going to rehab the property, it's not unusual for your profit margins on uh, probate deals to be in the forty dollars to $60,000 range. I would say that's a pretty steady range. Uh, it's probably what you should shoot for anyway. But I know that, yeah. you know, I talk to a lot of investors who say my market is so tight. It's so competitive. I have to really pay a lot, uh, you know, for the house. But what I find with probates um, is... It's about relationship. It's about a relation, you know, establishing trust with the person that you're talking to. You also have to remember that um, when you're talking, you know, let's use fifty thousand dollars as an example. If you want to buy a house for fifty thousand dollars, and the person who's selling wants to sell it for fifty-five thousand, fifty thousand is a slam dunk for you. Fifty-five thousand dollars makes you a little bit nervous. For somebody whose back is up against the wall, they're delinquent. They're going to lose their home. could make the difference between putting any money in their pocket or not making any money at all. Right. But when you're talking about probates, the difference between 50 and 55 is probably negligible for the person because, you know, for all intents and purposes, this person has, um, for lack of a better word, has hit, you know, a little bit of a windfall. Sure. Uh, Not that, not the scenario, but the house, you know, so they're, they're more looking for closure than they are, for the money that it's going to bring. I'm not saying that there's not any negotiating to be done, but it's a completely different kind of negotiating. Um, So myself and my clients are finding, and again, this is super consistent with my network, that probate deals just tend to be the most lucrative deals that you have. Yeah, they sure are. Very good. Well, Christina, again, if you guys want the, if you go to the show notes for this podcast, uh, we'll have a link to the book there, but you can also go to realestateinvestingmastery.com slash probates, realestateinvestingmastery.com slash probates. Um, there'll be a link there to get the book, which is absolutely free. Christina sold it before for $97. 
And if you want more information, um, I would suggest going right to Postal Impact right now and talking to Christina. If you fill out the Contact Us page, um, if, if you see on our website, postalimpact.com, P-O-S-T-A-L-I-M-P-A-C-T, postalimpact.com, go to the Contact Us page and fill out some information before your uh, county is gone. That might be a good idea. Um, this is definitely a great investment. These are going to be your biggest deals. And these are going to be sometimes some of the easiest deals that you'll ever do. And, uh, Christina, you're not the first one who's told me that the only marketing that you do is to probates. That's how good of a list it is. So that's awesome. Christina, thanks so much for taking the time out of your day. I appreciate it. You bet. Thanks for having me. Let's stay in touch. And uh, maybe we'll we'll do another podcast to talk about um, how things have been going with. I'm excited about this. I want to hear more about how... Uh, listeners to the show are taking advantage of these probate leads, are doing deals from them. So it would be good to maybe do a podcast interview again in a few months to talk about this again, because I think this is a really important topic. And these, again, guys, the leads that are the hardest to get are going to be your best deals. The harder the list is, the better the deals are. Fewer, Less competition, bigger spreads, and... Um, this is really this is a very very important topic. So thank you, Christina. I appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, guys. Postalimpact.com or go to realestateinvestingmastery.com/probates. And I'm going to try to get my desk fixed. I broke it actually, Christina. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to do some laps on that uh, on that walking desk you have. Yeah, I need to. I guess I should have been. You know. Well, okay. I was going to say something stupid, but I won't. I'll, I'll just end the next this now. Po- the next podcast, I just all I want to know is that you can make it through the entire podcast while you're working out. <laughs> I've done a couple podcasts before while I was walking, but the problem is this: the mic. I, I can't keep my head in front of the mic while I'm talking, so my my voice would go in and out and in and out, and it was. I didn't think it was as bad as it was, but when I listened to it, I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's embarrassing." <laughs> And then I'm I'm breathing heavily and I'm panting. I was like, I, <laughs> I no. need to stop. How are you doing today? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, Christina, thanks. thanks. We'll talk to you later. All right, guys. See you later. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 